Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the grace to minister to these, your sheep. Thank you for your power at work within us right now. The power to get wealth is upon this church this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. He's running from his brother. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to to heaven. And there were angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord your God, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I'm with you, and I'll keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. God's not going to leave you the same way. When you are dealing with the promises of God, God is making a promise right now over every single one of us. That he is not going to stop with his promises. He's going to deliver. There shall be a performance of God's word on this land. I just need a believer to agree with me this morning. Behold, I'm with you and I'll keep you wherever you go. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and, and said, surely... The Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. There are three entities in the earth that are legitimate. Only three that God recognizes. Only three institutions that are legitimate. Number one is you. You are an institution by yourself. That means you have the right to choose whatever you want to choose for your life, and God will honor it. God loves you, and if you don't choose him, God still made you a a chooser. He made you uh, not a winner or a loser. He made you a chooser. So you have the right to choose the outcome for your life. If you choose not to believe God, that's your right. Because you are a, a... an institution by yourself. You have, you have your, your own will can override the will of God for your life because God made you that way. The second institution is marriage. So man and woman, the Bible's clear about that. And so it's, an, it's a legitimate institution. That's the reason why when you're finding somebody who comes together and gets married, uh, the power of agreement coming in their lives, one will put a thousand to flight and two, 10,000 to flight because they have the spiritual power that takes them to a whole different level. The power of agreement because that marriage is God's institution. The third one is the church. It's a legal entity. It is a legal institution set up in the heavenlies that when you understand the power of the church and what it can do for you, you will not treat church so blasé anymore. I'm hoping you're going to understand this this morning. Because Jacob in the Old Testament goes and has a nap and he wakes up, he has this dream, he says angels ascending and descending and he sees God at the top of this and the ladder in, 
up into the heavens. And he says, this is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. This is none other than the house of God. So when you come to the house of God, you have access to the gate of heaven. That you get to open up the heavenlies like no one else can. You get to connect with the church and come to the house of God. When you begin to understand the power of it, you begin to understand the power and the authority that you have when you are dealing with life. And so he, he dedicates this rock and he calls this the center of revelation. He, he wakes up and this he calls, he says, there'll be revelation that will come from this church. And he, this apostolic spiritual center, it's more than us just having a church service. It is... God is on our side. It is a spiritual center where people who didn't know who they were, now their eyes begin to open and they begin to see things that's on them that they couldn't get before. It's called revelation. It's the drawing back of the curtain. Some of you, your eyes have been closed. When you walk through this, this church, you begin to get the revelation that pours from this ministry and God begins to help you understand that you were born for greatness. So it is a spiritual center. And so uh, hub caters, an airport can just have, like, you know, these are the only planes that come in once a day and leaves. But a hub caters for all kinds of planes. It's a hub that when you're finding different kinds of people in here, you're finding business people, you'll find those that are called into government, you'll find this is not just about marriages, this is about your children's destinies, it's, this is what this vision's all about. It's the difference between a church or a spiritual center. There's a huge difference. And, and because of a generation that, that, that was so caught up with denominations, They've struggled to grasp the new concept of a spiritual center because your mother and your father just taught you how to go to church. You know, Sunday morning you must go to church. You don't even know why. But you need to understand when you're building a spiritual center, it is the DNA of every single individual that even if you don't know who you are, when you step onto this land, all of a sudden you begin to discover there's greatness on the inside of you, that there is a gift on the inside of you to make room for you and bring you before great men. Is there anybody that is going to work with me this morning? When, this, when, this, when you're dealing with the spiritual center, when you're dealing with the apostolic center, this is what it looks like in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, do we have concerning Judah and Jerusalem? It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. It says, I'm going to create the seven mountains. You understand the seven mountains, family, media, arts and entertainment, uh, business, government, um, and it says, I'm going to take the religious mountain, I'm going to take Zion, I'm going to make sure that this house, the spiritual center, becomes the place that governments will come to, the place that business people will come fetch and get God ideas, that the movies that will come out of this place will be great impact across the globe. Why? Because you're touching all of this. When you come into the center, you now begin to awaken who you really are. 
you begin to understand that I'm more than just going to church and Sunday morning. I got greatness on the inside of me. My children have greatness on the inside of them. It's more than just going to church so I can get married. It's more than just making sure that I can have a baby dedication. I am dealing with the destinies of people. Is there anybody that understands this is kingdom life embassy? We are a worshiping church. I said we are a worshiping church. So let's understand the power of a spiritual center. The place where revelation uncovers who you really are. Because who you really are, until God gives you revelation, until you can, He connects you to the church, you don't really know what you're capable of doing. I was messed up. I mean, you know, Valentine's Day and all that goes with it, messed up in your relationship. Messed up not knowing who you are. Can't be faithful. Didn't know how to handle life. Because there's the disconnect from a spiritual center. Not a church. An apostolic center has got to do with my destiny. It's got to do with the fact that I'm going to get into this, this plane and I'm going to sit business class because I'm sitting with other great people next to me. Come on, tell your neighbor, this is business class. Just let them know, you're, you're, this is business class. We're going somewhere. Everybody under the sound of my voice, you have got greatness on the inside of you. And you must begin to understand that your days of being stuck are over. You're getting to, looking for a job. Those days are over. No, 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 no. When you are dealing with the destiny and greatness, uh, you need to know that your life is going somewhere. That when I've got into the center, all of a sudden God says no. You're not taking that flight. This is your flight. I booked a seat for you. Enjoy the ride. We're going to accomplish great things across the globe. Is there anybody with me this morning that understands the power of a spiritual center? It's a spiritual hub. You cannot be looking for a job. I mean, for temporary stuff, it's fine. But your, your, your job is what they pay you to do. Your work is what you were born to do. So everything inside of you, this should stir you up because you've come through a, into a spiritual center. It's for this reason that instead of buying a five million rands in Gierkerk and have us all just sitting on hard benches, how about we get our own designers in here and build it and build it the way God gave it and build it for our children the way it should be. Come on, somebody. Now, I want you to understand the importance of when you're dealing with a worshiping church, I want to touch on one area of the mountains this morning. It's dealing with the economic mountain. I'm dealing with the well transfer, Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. Glory be to Jesus. Now, it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, meaning wherever they go, they build a spiritual center. Wherever they go, people recognize in the spiritual realm. So this girl is dealing with div divination. 
But in the spiritual realm, she recognizes that this is Paul and Silas. And he says, she says, these boys have got something on them that we don't have. These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. So she's harassing Paul and Silas. And she's walking with this thing because in the spiritual realm, please hear me, they know you. They know you. I don't want to get into Acts chapter 17 where they, where they tormented the people that said, I'm, I, I cast you out by, 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 by the Lord, that, that, you know, by the God that, that but Paul preaches. You can't use my name. You must understand who you are in the spiritual realm. You need to understand the importance of your life and what it means. That It means that because I belong not just to the house of God, but I then God, got the presence of God indwelling me, that wherever I go, something's going to have to shift. We are a worshipping church. It doesn't mean we come and get songs on a Sunday morning and come and see how this is, this is not entertainment. This is understanding spiritual power that when we get together, something's got to shift. Please say amen in this church. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison Commanding the jailer to keep them securely, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened the, their feet to the stocks. The revelation that you have out of this teaching this morning, we'll get into the second half of it. Let me give you the first one. To understand, and so some of you that are in the marketplace, from today things must shift. It's got to shift because I want you to understand how powerful you are. And the authority that is on you to shift things in the marketplace. Remember, only three legal entities in the earth. One is the church, two is you, three is marriage. Now you need to understand the importance of when you begin to function in the marketplace. These people, the spirit, number one, the six stones of revelation, number one is the spirit of mammon controls the kingdom of darkness. Don't, don't believe that that, that the kingdom of darkness is just, ah, well, we're trying to find a job. The day you got born again, and the day you said yes to Christ, and the day you started tithing and sowing into the house of God, all of a sudden the kind of pressure that you come on is because the kingdom of darkness is concerned anytime you shift money. Anytime you get involved in the marketplace, anytime you begin to develop your life, anytime he wants you to go and find a job. And he wants you to be the one that he can control. This girl, she has a gift. But she's got this spirit of divination on her. And Paul recognizes this thing and this spirit recognizes Paul. So Paul is not even dealing with her. He's dealing with the spirit that's controlling her. Do you see that? Is that there's a kingdom of darkness and everything that the enemy does, you need to understand the importance of he's trying to control your life. 
Everything about the marketplace. Everything about the marketplace. If you're going to shift wealth, if you're going to start business, and you're going to start to move wealth for the kingdom of God, you must be prepared for the kind of pressure you're going to come under. You must understand that the enemy is going to throw all kinds of things to get you off track from this, because the spirit of mammon hates the fact that you come into his territory and strip him of his goods. Hates it. Hates it. But hear me, money flows in the direction of spiritual power, righteous or unrighteous. Every spiritual center. That's why Pharaoh set up a spiritual center, have gods, and have people come and bow down and, so, and give money. And because spiritual power, righteous or unrighteous, it attracts wealth. It attracts wealth. Don't be alarmed when you see the, the prophets and the kind of stuff that they're doing. Because when you're building a spiritual center, the enemy will give them that so that they can actually attract wealth for his kingdom. It's not righteous, but it's, it attracts money anyway. So what happens with these guys is that they, they look at Paul and Silas. Number two is that the, the kingdom of darkness is extremely well organized. So number one, he wants to control you. He wants to control the wealth. And he, you're getting into, into that arena to shift wealth. He is going to put you under pressure. So Paul and Silas just pulls this woman out of this thing. She comes to her mind. She, he, because they're a spiritual center, her eyes get opened. And all the profit that they were making out of this girl now comes to an end. The next thing is that they now take her, they, they take the two of them, and they take them before the courts. And they bring a charge before them. So the charge, they put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Just remember everything with the enemies that is, you know, while he doesn't want you to be organized as a worship team, while he doesn't want you to be in agreement in your marriage, his kingdom is extremely organized. He wants to control things and he does that by purchasing the soul of people. That's why the Bible says, what if a man gains the whole world yet loses his soul? Don't you play with, with, with Babylon. When you're dealing with finances and resources in the kingdom of darkness, the, the, the enemy, it's, it's, let, me, let me say this to you. It's, there's nothing for nothing. Because he wants you to get involved in a place of no integrity. Why must we wait six years for this thing to come to pass? He wants me to take shortcuts. Frustrate me. Frustrate the situation. Why? Because he wants me to go and compromise on what God has given. But whatever you compromise to gain, you're going to lose. That's why you're going to move away from people that are compromising. Why? What's the enemy after? He offers you a check, but he wants your soul. He offers you money, but he wants your soul. That's the way he operates in the kingdom. Do you remember the man by the name of Esau, Jacob's brother? Offered him a bowl of soup. The boy's hungry. Gives over his inheritance. Because with the enemy, it's not a straight exchange. He wants you to, to cry over certain things and, and, and be desperate to get certain things done. Why? Because he wants... The Bible says in Psalm 106 that God, they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and God gave them what they wanted, but he brought leanness into their soul. The enemy wants you to sit with all the goods, he wants you to sit with all the, the business, he wants you to sit with, with the finances, but your relationship with God is a mess. God is calling the church to a place of no compromise. 
you're not going to compromise. If, can I speak to the ones that are dealing with wealth transfers in this church? The ones that are driving business, uh, flying business cars, where are you? Is there anybody that's going to fly business class to the Lord and say, Lord, I need this thing done? That means I cannot compromise my walk with God. I'm not going to let go of my relationship with the Lord because i got business. I'm not going to let go of my life and allow my soul to become like, ah, I don't think my wife is pretty anymore. Oh, I don't think that the church, you know, that small church, you know, Pastor Max, and, 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 and. He, he wants your soul. And yet Jesus is the lover of your soul. He's the one that restores your soul. He wants you, the enemy in his kingdom wants you to have the money with no relationship with God. And the reason why you have a church and a worshiping church is because part of the healing in here, he restores my soul. So number three is that he wants to control your soul. He's controlling this woman's destiny, this young girl. She's prophesying over people using divination, you know, doing a thing. And everybody knew. And so they use her gift. Number four, you need to understand the worshiping church controls the spiritual atmosphere. The spiritual climate for everyone. I'll come back to the other three. So, one is the spirit of mammon controls the kingdom of darkness. It's extremely well organized. Number three. Wants to control your soul, wants to make the, the decision. So your emotions, your mind, your thinker, your feeler, your decisions, he wants to be the one in charge of that. He wants and he exchanges it for money. He gives you, here's a deal, but I'm going to control when you go to church, how often you can go and pray. Saturday morning prayers, now nah, I can't make it. Too busy, too much money going. Oh, got to keep on pressing into my business. What's he after? He's after your soul. He's giving, he's busy with the exchange. There is nothing for nothing with the devil. Do you remember when Jesus came and he, he said, you know, if you worship me, I'll give you this kingdom? Because it's nothing for nothing. Satan also wants worship. He wants worship. He wants you to worship him. So let's understand that this thing was a money issue. The fact that in the marketplace, Paul and Silas, I need to add some more scripture here. Give me my, my let's read the balance of this because... This thing is not working this morning. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 16, let's just understand the next, the next phase of this thing. So now they beat them. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore the, off their clothes. That is a court in the kingdom of darkness. It's a court. And commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, prison, awaking from the sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. 
you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them, to the, took them the same hour that night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. And when he had brought them into his house, he, stood bef- he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. And it was day the magistrates sent the officers saying to them, let these men go. So the keeper of the prison reported words to Paul saying, the magistrates, this system, this demonic system, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into the prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come out themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid, and they heard what they heard of the Romans, and they came, they pleaded with them, and brought them out, and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison, and entered the house of Lydia, and so on. So, when you're dealing with the marketplace, and you're dealing with the demonic forces, you can't just step in there and say, well, we're going to just start a business. As a kingdom child. When you are a spiritual center, a spiritual hub, and the power of God's kingdom is in you, you then are completely different to anybody else in the marketplace. You are not like anybody else. You're not looking for a job. You are looking to fulfill purpose in the earth. And so when these boys come in there, you know, you cannot serve two masters. The the issue was money. The issue was the finances. The enemy, anytime you say, when I say to to the devil, I'm out of here, I'm getting saved, and I'm, gonna, I'm stopping gambling, and I'm going to go and serve God and start tithing. Just to start tithing was a fight. Because in my mind, I couldn't depend upon that system anymore. And even though it never gave me any money, like serious money, I had to now say I'm going to trust God with this new system because I'm now becoming a spiritual powerhouse for God. So that wherever I go now, because of the anointing of God upon my life, and because I am in a spiritual house, and I understand the importance of sowing and reaping and tithing, I now live under a constant open heaven. And we know that because of Jesus Christ. But it really means that I am different to anybody else. Is there anybody who understands what I'm saying this morning? That you, wherever you go now, things must shift. Because these people come and put these boys under pressure because of the money. They go to magistrates and they set this thing up. But these boys want to control this girl's soul. But now she's free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. What do these boys do? Here Paul and Silas, they said, well, not only in the inner chamber, not only in stocks and, and, and chains, I mean really lock these boys up and say, don't let these boys move anywhere. Because they're messing up with the marketplace. They're bringing revelation. They're bringing the spiritual powerhouse. And as an apostolic center, things are shifting because of the two of them. But what do they do? They decide they're going to rather have a worship service. They decide they're going to rather go and worship in the midnight hour. They decide they're going to rather go and just, the Bible says they they were singing psalms, they were praying, and suddenly, there's going to be a suddenly and a performance of God's word over this church. Hear me, hear me, hear me. 
You cannot be a spiritual center and ignore your worship before the Lord. You cannot, because when this boy started worshiping, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says it hit the foundation. It says the foundation started shaking. And all of a sudden, everybody's chains came free. All the prison doors were open because of one worship service. Is there anybody that's going to bless the Lord this morning and begin to clap their hands and say, Lord, we are a worshiping church. We are a worship. Come on, come on. You got to do better than that. If you are serious about hitting the foundation, I am not talking about getting a job. I'm not talking about just getting like, you know, God, whatever, you know, just a breakthrough and and, and a loaf of bread for me. No, when we are worshiping the Lord, you are hitting the foundations of poverty. That means me and my family and anybody attached to me. Those prison doors must open, not because of anything, but because the foundation You cannot build your life on the foundation of the enemy because it's an unstable foundation. Anything that must be shaken will be shaken. You keep trusting in that job. The enemy is just using you as a pawn. You're just a battery for him. You're just like, you know, when when, when the battery is done and it's 65, they say, well, here's your retirement check. Worn out. Done nothing for the kingdom of God. But this is shifting in this church in the name of Jesus. We're going to have the first 65-year-old multimillionaire in this church. I prophesy that over you, woman of God. There's too much on the inside of you. I'm telling you, you'll be able to build old age homes for people. You'll be able, there's too much on the inside of you. Because when you come in and you understand you are a spiritual center, that wherever you go, things must shift because you are there in your job. How can they be retrenching people and you be anxious with everybody else? Weren't you supposed to be just worshiping the Lord? Weren't you supposed to just open up your mouth and say, well, let them stress. Let them be worried. Me, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to bless His name. I'm going to give Him glory. I need somebody to clap their hands this morning. You are the worshiping church is there anybody going to hit the foundation of the poverty in your home hit the foundation of that thing and say not in my home not in my lifetime hallelujah because in the kingdom of god everything is about in the kingdom of darkness everything is about control everything is about control please man you think well i'm not 65 you ask yourself now that you're 45 What are you going to change from now till when you're 65? The truth is that for all of us, here's your fight. The clock is ticking. You've got to make a shift and bank everything on the kingdom of God that is unshakable, that's uncursable, and that's unstoppable. This is the kingdom of God. So while the enemy is trying to put you under pressure, Ronaldo, because of money, He wants you to compromise while you're busy building. Because he wants you to get to the top of the mountain and that you will owe him. Genesis chapter 14 verse 18. Glory be to Jesus. Abraham comes from the war. He's rescued Lot. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. That's covenant. He was a priest of the God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods. Look at the exchange. The enemy wants you to exchange your life. 
He wants you to have no fear of the Lord. He wants you to skip church. He wants you to not be part of a spiritual center. Why? Because He controls you. He doesn't want worship to God that's pure. Why? Because no yokes are destroyed and no burdens are removed. Because when we come together and we have angels ascending and descending, this is none other than the gate of heaven. And that angels must be delivered to bring you into your destiny. Is there anybody with me this morning that understands the power of when we worship in this church? Then angels are ascending and descending. That as we sow our seed, angels are ascending and descending. When we serve, angels are ascending and they're descending. He wants you to ignore the fact that this is the entity in the earth that changes the climate, the spiritual climate. Abraham, so he says, look, give me the persons. What's he after? The soul of the people to control them. I'll give you the goods. Abraham lifts his hand and says, said to the king of Sodom, I've raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that all that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I've made Abraham rich. The enemy is never going to take credit for your blessing in this season. There is nobody going to have to go and beg and pay back and say, well, here's the bribe of how we're doing life. No, no, no. Not this one. Because the blessing of the Lord is going to remove anything and anybody that's a burden to you. The blessing of the Lord that is on you is going to bring to you everything that you need to live a life of success. Are there, are there, is there anybody in this church that's going to clap their hands and bless the Lord this morning? Hear me now, Z. God wants no one to take the credit for making you wealthy, my God. God doesn't want anybody to take the credit for making you wealthy. The problem with most people is that they've never seen the system work. You've given a tithe and you've put in offerings just as a religious exercise. But you've never understood that this is a covenant space. That God says, I will give you power to get wealth. Power to get wealth. So, when you are dealing with the kingdom of God, and God is calling us into this place. You cannot separate a worshiping church and abundance. <laughs> you, abundance and the worshiping church goes hand in hand. And this morning, with all the fight I've been in, we are now going to hit the very foundation of the thing that you've been standing on that the enemy has held you in bondage with them. I've come to destroy the very foundation of the thing that the enemy is trying to keep you and your family bound in the name of Jesus. Please shout yes and amen. You must begin to understand. Here's one more that you need to add. The fifth revelation. The jailer is not your problem. Think about the system. Here's Revelation. The magistrates, the people, they then put a jailer in charge. Look at the hierarchy. Look at the order. Paul and Silas is looking at this guy who's got the key for the prison. But they know that he is not actually the problem. The problem with most people is that when you're worshiping, your worship must take your eyes off you. And even over the people that are doing you in. 
Because your boss is not the problem. Your husband is not the problem. (laughs) Your pastor is not the problem. The problem with most people is that they take their eyes off Jesus. And anytime you begin to blame the jailer for your position, you don't get the breakthrough. Because tell your neighbor, the jailer is not your problem. That's revelation. Say the jailer is not, if you're going to dismantle the lies, if you're going to deal with the foundation of what you are dealing with, your boss tomorrow and his craziness is not your problem. Why? Because our fight is never against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. What? Those are the principalities and powers that want to control you. In the marketplace, you cannot get caught up with who did you in. And who wasn't there for you? And, and, and who holds the key to your destiny? No, the worshiping church, you were supposed to go into the bathroom when they think that, you know, you're not going to make it. You're going to the bathroom and you're going to lift your hands and you begin to praise the Lord and say, Father, I am a spiritual center in this place. This company cannot go down. They cannot go and ignore me. This promotion belongs to me. I'm hitting the foundation of the problem that's in this ministry, the foundation of poverty in my house. I'm hitting the foundation that we've been standing on that's against the kingdom of God. Is there Anybody that's going to clap their hands with me and bless the Lord. Come on. He stands in this place and boom, everything opens. All the prison doors. That's the worshiping church. That is the worshiping church. The final one. <laughs> They come out, and these guys say, look, we see the prison doors are open. The jailer, of course, gets saved in his home. It's more than just goods. God's concerned about the souls, amen. The souls belong to the Lord. They come out of jail. They're not leaving. So the the guy said, look, man, we're going to get into trouble with the people. Let's just tell them to leave quietly. Paul inside says, no, 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 we're not leaving quietly. You put us in here and you did it publicly. I want you to come and do this thing publicly. Can I say this to you today? I want for all the hell I've been through, for all the damage that we've suffered, for all the embarrassment that we had, having getting stuck on the road, Having people call me up and say ugly names about me and, and, and because I owe someone, I say, I'll come and pay your money. Just wait. No, 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 no. You are For all the things that you have done, you must believe that a worshiping church deals with Jehovah Gomola, the God of my recompense. That I am not leaving here until my name is restored the way it should be. I am not leaving here until the people see me drive with that car the way it should be. Hallelujah. There's a woman out in the West Rand somewhere. Maybe she's in the service this morning. She won 114 million rand on this Powerball or, you know, thing. And I was just reading a, a story and just finding out about that. She says, the, the man that I had, he left me because I couldn't make money. And he thought I wasn't worth much. 
She has one of the things, I'm going to buy a house for my mother, I'm going to build this and that, I'm going to have a house for me, but I need a car, a brand new one. And I want to go and drive past and say, is there anybody that's going to do a wave and a royal wave? Come on, is there anybody that says, devil, for all the hell you put me through? Come on, somebody, we've been in a containing space for the last six years. And the devil has held us in this place for six years. But we're going to have a royal wave. Come on, we're going to build a kingdom model and an apostolic center. If I can find somebody who knows how to worship in this church, who is willing to raise their hands and say, God, I'm going to fight this thing with my worship. I'm going to bless the Lord. Come on, somebody clap your hands this morning. Come on, somebody clap your hands. They embarrassed you. They said things about you. But this is your day, my girl. You're going to do it as God said it. You're going to do what God told you to do. And you're going to walk in the favor of the Lord. Is there anybody that understands Jehovah Gamola? He is the God of my recompenses. Oh, God, come on. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, come on. You touched my family name. It must be restored. The enemy, when you understand a worshipping church, they get paid out damages for all they've been through. You touched my family name. You touched my reputation. You delayed my destiny. You messed with the wrong people. Hallelujah. What is recompense? Is to make amends to someone for loss or harm suffered. To compensate Offenders should recompense their victims. You could not put me through all the hell that I've been through and think that I'm going to leave here without the restoration uh, and the recompense of my home and my family name. You messed with the wrong people because we found at Kingdom Life Embassy a worshipping people that when we come together, everything must shift. Everything must break. Come on. Come on. Clap your hands for the recompense. You know when they left Egypt, the greatest wealth transfer took place. 430 years of bondage. God made the enemy pay them overnight. They left with money in suitcases. They left with gold. They left with diamonds. It's like forget all the other clothing. We don't care that. We got diamonds. We got gold. We're going to see the transfer of this wealth in the mighty name of Jesus. Is there anybody that understands that God is a God of recompense? If they've delayed your destiny, come on somebody. I need this church to go louder this morning. Bring the team up here. Let's worship the king. The enemy is going to have to pay damages for all that he has done. That instead of shame, you're going to have double honor. Is there anybody with me this morning? Because only the legal entity can deal with the wealth transfer. Moses had to come. The blood had to be shed. And the blood on the doorposts meant death passed over. And part of your salvation was wealth in your hands. The wealth transfer and the worshiping church go hand in hand. You, you cannot get the wealth transfer disconnected from the house of God. You cannot get it because a son of God goes into every marketplace and where the enemy thinks he can control you, as we lift our hands in worship, something shifts. 
as we begin to magnify the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the church this morning? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to, the, to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. I am telling you, the person on your left and your right will get a breakthrough just because you're here this morning. Suddenly, you're in a season of the suddenlies. You're in a season. If there's anybody that can lift their hands toward heaven this morning, that the doors will be opened and everyone's chains will lose. 400 years of payback. Redemption is not complete without divine provision. Hallelujah. God first redeems your spirit. Then he starts to redeem your soul. The hand of God is upon you this morning.